0: C I T
1: Y. That's all we need. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan?
0: Um. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm pretty good. I uh, pleasantly surprised after last week's uh, half-hearted optimism towards the weekend. So it was um after personally such a big weekend, and to get home and make the effort to get up and watch the game and, and be rewarded was, was really nice. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a, it's a strange feeling, isn't it? It it takes us back to last season when we were actually winning quite a few games of football, two wins on the bounce is uh, pretty fantastic. And yeah, like you said last week, I think we were pretty happy just to get a goal and, and settle for a one, one draw. So to, to walk away with the three points was, um, was very much um, unexpected and, and very gladly received as well. Um, and I guess gladly received a pretty dubious opening goal, I suspect. Um, what, what was your view on that? Did you did you think it was... I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, look, it was clearly out because the bottom of the ball, there was grass between the bottom of the ball and the line. But I'm sort of of the opinion that unless we've got that bird's eye view right above the ball, it, I don't think it's as far out as some people think it was.
0: Yeah, look, I sort of... Tend to agree with you. I've seen and heard a couple of comments that it was clearly out, and that there's, there's no way that it wasn't out. But again, with that perspective, the, we only get one angle, or there might have been a second one, but neither is really conclusive in in uh, deciding whether or not that's out. Uh, it was close. Uh, I probably I think it's it was so close that I wouldn't have argued either way. If they'd have called yeah. it out, I wouldn't have complained. They've, um, I'm glad that they've they've called it in play but you, you add into you know into that equation you've got a box full of players you touch on the far side like he's 40 meters away you know trying to through like with the post and everything in the way as well like there's a lot going on for them to make that call and on something that's is ostensibly that close you're talking inches maybe. Um, at such a great distance, would be in, in like a snapshot of time. It would be hard to to, to accurately make that call one hundred percent of the time. And I think apart from that, that one you could call a contentious call. Um, I thought the rest of the game was reffed pretty well, so I'm not. Uh, I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think.
1: Yeah, and, and I'd like to think, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think if the decision went the other way and it was Birmingham benefiting from that, I'd be sitting here saying the same thing, that it, it could well have been out, but it's impossible to say. I mean, knowing that perhaps I would have been a bit more <laughs> outraged if it went the other way, but I think that's just football. Um, I think the one thing that does count against that lino is there was a decision in, um, I think it was Blackpool Luton the other week, or it was Blackpool against someone, where the ball was over the line for a goal and then a player who was offside then followed followed through and, and kind of smashed it in the back of the net and they flagged him for offside, basically saying the ball hadn't crossed the line when he touched it and it was the same linesman. So I think there's a bit of probably a bit of prejudgment on him because he's had a few incidents now. But as you say, there's a lot going on in that moment. It's pretty hard to make a decision objectively one way or the other. And I don't even know if, if it was the Premier League with VAR, I don't even know what VAR would do because he would probably look at it and... For, for something that's meant to be used for clear and obvious errors, I don't know if you could say that that's a clear and obvious error. Like we've just said, without getting that bird's eye view, it's pretty hard to be definitive.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um, that's all right. I, I sort of missed that because someone came into the room and I got distracted. Um, VAR, yeah, like in, in terms of whether VAR would have made my Yeah, I don't even sorry. know if VAR would overrule that. I, I, I don't think so because... They they've got the yeah. goal line technology, but whether, I mean, they could they certainly, it could be applied to all, like to the other lines in theory, but I'm, yeah. I've I'm never, trying to think,
1: I, I think there was, I think it was United against someone last season. It might've been West Ham where I'm um, sort of going on a tangent here. Sorry, but mm. um, where I think it was Pogba or someone smashed the ball upfield where it was almost certainly out. And VAR didn't overrule it for pretty much the same logic of yes, it is probably almost certainly out, but we can't definitively say. And so it's yeah. not a clear and obvious error. Um, so, anyway, bit of an interesting one. But <laughs> back to the game itself, um, lineup wise, a few surprises. We were sort of mm. excited and, and optimistic about Emmanuel getting his chance at um, right wing ball right back. Um, and then unfortunately, had, had that news that he was taken to hospital, discharged. So it sounds positive in that sense, but also mean apparently means he's not available for selection. So um, a bit of concern there for him. Um, and, and Elder also pulling out on the day of the game with an illness. And, and I have heard that there's a bit of a superbug going around in, in the UK, not necessarily COVID-related, but just a sort of super cold or something, super virus. I think Rafinha in the Premier League had the same for Leeds. Um, so he, he's not like an automatic inclusion back in the game tomorrow morning against Cardiff either. Um and once again it sort of saw us naturally shift to a three five two because we just had no other option. So um we saw Baxter starting goal again and we saw Longman drafted in at left wing back, which was um right might have been right wing back with KLP on at left wing back or vice versa. But um yeah, look, I, I think the formation really suited. Us. We say it again, but the formation seemed to really suit us and and we looked really dangerous from the start of the, the first minute.
0: Yeah, look, um it was it was a bit surprising. I, yeah, those, those couple of uh, withdrawals, I suppose, uh, were a bit surprising. I mean, I think it came out that typical elder, you know, said, I'm "Not feeling too great, but I'll push on." And McCann went, "No, nah, just have a rest. We'll need, yeah. we'll need you more later." So, um, but no, I th- uh, Longman on the left wing back and KOP on the right because um, Longman obviously drove in from yeah. into the left edge of that box for that um, attempt uh, for that. Sorry, assist. I, I, I again, yeah, you're you're right that that three five two seemed to really suit us. Um, we seem to have I, I, just like a, I guess, a better, a more balance. We seem to be uh, reasonably comfortable in defence, um, but transitioning well and creating lots of opportunities in attack. Um, so I thought it was it was positive in that. Um, Honeyman, another big another big performance. He's probably our best goals per game. Uh, player this season now from yeah two in is it three or four or something it's Might, not. yeah t-
1: three or four <laughs> yeah I think so
0: so um performing well uh obviously you know re- has reclaimed that uh, attacking midfield position uh, as his own um KLP you know dangerous again had a decent strike late that was saved a lovely little chip cross for Wilks to score um. So that was, um, that they, they were really good. I don't know. Apart from scoring the goal, I don't know if Wilkes did a lot. Magenis, yeah. I again, apart from getting Gary Gardner sent off, I don't know what he <laughs> did. Um,
1: he's normally the one perpetrating the, yeah, uh, the headbutt or the offense.
0: Yeah, there wasn't. And look, that was that's maybe the only other thing that was a, a bit rough. Um, in terms of officiating, I go, I mean, I guess like to the letter of the law, you know, it, it's a headbutt, but. Oh, it's one of those like ones this.
1: where I think headbutts are sort of automatic reds and, and it can be a really mild headbutt or it can be a really severe headbutt and it's the same, same result. Um, yeah. And that was know, on I, the mild end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, but, you know, there's a couple of things there. I magenis mean, went in shirt stupid, front of him and then. And then oh it's still it was a dumb decision on his part, but you know, Magenesis fronted him, then made a meal of it, you know, yeah. sold it to the rest that he's got him in the nose and you know, so but um I guess you know that worked for our benefit. Um I made it a little bit easier uh in to navigate that second half. Um but yeah, um I think I
1: think it, show, it showed like it was another game where I feel like when we're dominant in a game you look at someone like KLP and he's just unplayable. It's the same as mm. the last fixture where we were getting so much space towards the end of that game that when you're bringing the ball out and giving it to KLP to run at the defense um as he did for that for that Wilkes goal, he he's just he's just tremendous and then he's really yeah. stepped up, you know, it's what he was showing last season in League 1 and he's he's certainly showing it again now in the championship
0: yeah and i was just thinking there's one one comment we were talking about last week with the conversion of like chances and shots to shots on target and we were quite poor we we're only at about twenty percent or something but we stepped up i think we went about six from nineteen or something like that on the weekend so you know up by another ten percent thirty percent's better than twenty um you know another two goals creating more chances creating more Shots on target. Obviously, I think that was what is boosted by that. You know, having the man advantage, it becomes a you know one less man who's pressuring you when you're when you're attacking. But um, I think overall, like I I was just really pleased that we we built on that the win before the break. Um, We've backed it up, managed to get two wins in a row for the first time this season. Um, Got out of the bottom three. Um, in a good position heading into this game against Cardiff to leapfrog them, I th- think we're... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go, we'll go them. If is, it, ahead. is it just points different, or are we actually going to go a point ahead of them? I can't remember. I think uh... it was real It was real tight, but we could put ourselves in a really good position anyway to, to continue, you know, that climb out of that position, out of that bottom three and away from those relegation spots. So... Yeah, um,
1: we, we'd be we'd be level on points with them, but we'd be a substantially better goal yeah. difference than them.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think it's just one of those things where, like, a, you know, a month ago it was all doom and gloom, and we were destined for seemed destined for relegation, and we couldn't. There's nothing we could do to to get a win, and McCann couldn't wouldn't change anything, and. It's just only been a few games and uh, it's almost a completely different picture, which is what we've come to expect in life in the championship over the last yeah. uh, few seasons in this division. Well,
1: and as I said to you, I think it was last week or it might have been um, the previous week with Brad. It does become a bit of an interesting conversation now. If if slash when new owners come in, if we were to beat Cardiff or or beat Millwall or, or beat both, that's suddenly a pretty healthy winning run we're on, and it becomes quite a different conversation about what to do with McCann. I mean, even just from an ownership perspective, the fans are probably not going to change their mind. The fans have probably made their minds up on on his future at the club. But just from a results point of view, it becomes very difficult to sack somebody that's that's winning so many games. So um, it does become a bit of an interesting conversation. Um you did, you did talk about the Wilkes, I think, not doing too much besides his goal. I think he was definitely probably the, the biggest disappointment for me in the game. It felt like there was a few times where we had really great counterattacks or, or great um, opportunities to to cut the ball back into the, into the box and score a goal. And every time the ball found him, it was just caught up under his feet. He slowed down moves, lost possession, um, looked very, very leggy out there for most of the game. I'm, I'm a bit concerned his fitness levels just don't seem to be up to it at this point, whether it's I know he was injured um, uh, on the opening day. He had, I think he was, was he injured over preseason as well? I don't think he played much of the preseason. Um, so I don't know if his fitness base is just starting from a lower point than some of the other players. But whether we, we, yeah, it's an interesting conversation to be had because I think with Bernard suspended for this game with his fifth yellow card, whether we switch back to a 4 3 3 out of necessity and whether Longman just gets in instead of Wilkes up forward instead.
0: Yeah, look, that uh, conversation about what the lineup's going to look like tomorrow is going to be interesting because, depending, I guess, on availability of Elder and Emmanuel, we are still quite short in the backline as a whole. Even you know, um, because that then, if if they're unavailable, that becomes Elder, Emmanuel, Bernard, Jones. coil Fleming as obviously. well. I mean, if you want to call and, and
1: coil, yeah. So, so no full backs.
0: Pre- pretty much everybody, pretty much the whole yeah. all of the backs apart from uh McLaughlin and Greaves are, are gonna be out. Mm. So
1: you'd almost be looking at whether you do a, a three five two but playing uh you know, I don't know, like a small bit or someone at centre back. Yeah. You know, just because of three five two, then at least you're using your KLP and, and yeah. maybe your longman as wing backs rather than as mm. traditional fullbacks.
0: Or uh yeah that or the option the other alternative is you know we just throw a young fella in the deep end uh, yeah, and see how he yeah. goes. See so um, it doesn't so under I 23. Like we, yeah surely there's there's someone who's um making some waves or you know putting in some good performances in the under 23s. So I mean that's that's an option. Uh I if I was if we were going down that road I if it, if we had elder back and then two decent centers I'd... I wouldn't mind doing that, maybe just as uh, having one, you know, young guy at right back or something. Um, but I, I, even though I suggested it, I'd be probably hesitant in in a back three um, t- to run the route, to run that because you've, you know, I think if I we guess did it's it, I the think, same thing, yeah. we're still so, it's a very young back three, but we have been doing that anyway, so I don't. don't. I do. I, I wonder
1: if we did, even if we do have elder back fit, um, whether we, like you're saying, whether we. Potentially, just play him as a centre back, mm. and then have your KOP and your Longman as your wing backs, um, yeah, that, and then in a was... way you could then have Elder sort of overlapping with Longman down the left or something like that. But it's a, it'd be very it'd be a very experimental formation from a side that for, for a lot of this season has been pretty conventional.
0: Yeah, look, that that thought of Elder coming into a left sided centre back crossed my mind as well. Um, I do. He does like to get forward, and that's what concerns yeah. me in, of, of him in a back three. But um, I'm sure if if he was called upon to do the job, he'd, he'd probably rein it in a little bit. To his I, moments, also, but...
1: I, I wonder how far off Huddleston is because I haven't heard too much about him.
0: Well, yeah, that he shouldn't be because. Well, I was going to say at the end of the month, but we're almost at the end of the month. So yeah, well, exactly. Um, I,
1: I, certainly... I thought if he was an outside, if he was an outside chance, he could probably get thrown in at centre back instead. Mm. Um, yeah,
0: which wouldn't be bad. would he'd be able to direct direct play. Um, hopefully not have to do too much. You know, up and back. Um, uh, hard work well, on the on the soft tissue. But
1: well, well, looking at it, I mean, the last news on him was Grant McCann was waiting on the green light to play him against Birmingham. So mm. obviously, wasn't right for the Birmingham game, but shows yeah. that he's reasonably close. Close. There you go. Um, so it could be in that position. We've we've sort of jumped ahead there to talk about uh, yeah, the an- Cardiff game, but. Um, <laughs> Just, just finishing up on Birmingham, I mean, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was the um, the the sort of the Birmingham fans getting pretty wound up and, and throwing bottles at um, Baxter, which can kind of baffles me for a couple of reasons. First of all, how are they getting bottles of beer to their seats in in the stand and the stewards are doing nothing? I mean, I hear constantly about the stewards giving city supporters a tough time for standing up or doing whatever, not being able to sit in particular sections of the stands. And yet the away fans just seem to be able to get away with almost literal murder, you know, being able to throw bottles of beer at footballers just doesn't seem like something you should be able to do. Uh, you know, get, you know, aside from that, the fact that Baxter had a pretty decent reaction to it, took a swig from one of the <laughs> bottles, hopefully doesn't get any sort of awful diseases from it, but it's just, it's just a bizarre situation and it's a pretty low sort of set of behaviours.
0: Yeah. Look, it's the, it's the sort of thing you never really want to see. Um, like, I get like they're frustrated with the game or that they felt, you know, that Baxter was, was you know, slowing the game down or, or whatever. But I just, it's not the way to go about it. Um, I think what was nice was, um, was McGree. McGree and, and
1: um, wow, well, one of their forwards, I think.
0: Yeah, another, another uh, one Yuclid, of their players yeah. came and came to, to tell them to, to settle down and help. Clear off, clear the mess off the pitch. So that was that was a nice touch from from those players. But I mean, I don't really know what to say. I, I'm in no position to really condemn them in any great meaningful way. But I mean, I'm, it's disappointing, um, disappointing think, to see. And I yeah. would hope that there's some sanction if they can identify those who were responsible for it. That some sanction is placed upon them. Yeah. whether it's I, like i don't know whether it's necessarily worth i think mccann said that they're gonna he's gonna find them and they're gonna get a lifetime ban or something i don't know whether it's necessarily worth that much bearing considering like it was only a couple of weeks ago that there was an incident with a flare just gonna say that yeah With within our own um supporters group so yeah,
1: yeah. i think i think lifetime bans get thrown around like the the notion of a lifetime mm. ban gets thrown around a little lightly i think for, for acts of racism things like that absolutely mm. fair enough for sort of spur hate of the moment sort of silly actions like that if it's a you know season ban or something like that maybe I can understand that but I don't think a lifetime ban is really in order yeah um, I, I did find it a bit frustrating that the Birmingham account or the Birmingham social media team or whoever you want to say is behind it were quite happy to go on about the the ball being potentially slightly out for our first goal but didn't as far as i've seen i don't think they've said anything to condone the behavior of the supporters which is a little bit disappointing you'd hope that they'd come out and make a comment but um i guess that's just the way things go um okay well just before we move on then um uh we'll get the three two one votes for this week i'll i'll let you uh, i'll let you go first this time
0: all right i um i made sure to watch the highlight to make my decision before i came (laughs) on here so that i wasn't influenced in any way um We've ended up fairly similar, um, or like we have two of the same, but I have gone for a very different prospect for my three points. i we were talking about him last week, proposed that he get a start and see what he can do from the beginning of a match. And uh, Longman came in, and I thought he was very impressive, involved in a lot, created a few really nice chances. Um, and I think he took that opportunity with both hands. So I've given three points to Longman. I have given two points to our favourite little mid- midfield maestro, George Honeyman, um, for, I mean, again, being in that position to to sweep, a, sweep the ball in for our first, put us on our way um, again, and just involved in everything again. Another who is helping to create lots of really good chances for us, in the final third um and one point i tossed up between two or three players um i almost gave it at, my first thought was i'll give a point to wilkes because he scored the goal but then I thought, what else did he do <laughs> and i almost gave yep. a point i almost gave it to baxter because um, i thought another you know that's two games two clean sheets you know did didn't put a foot wrong um But there was a a couple of good saves, but I don't think overall he had that much to do. Um, And so I have decided um, that I will give um, the one point to one of the favorite sons of Hull City. I've given it to KLP um, for just what you were talking about earlier, his endeavor and being unplayable at times in and around the box um, and for setting up the second goal, obviously.
1: I actually thought then you were going to say a different favorite son who, who as we, <laughs> as you were talking there, I've actually realized I was going to give a vote to and I'd completely forgotten about. So, um, I've gone honeyman for the three. I think he created a lot, as you said, and, and he's just getting back to his best and, and is again just running the game from the midfield, got the opening goal, um, and had an all round fantastic display. Um, two votes I gave to KLP, as you said, I think uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's so exciting. It's it, it sort of, it's, it brings you back to the days of Jared Bowen when, you know, when we're springing a ball on the counter-attack and the ball gets sprayed out wide to KLP in acres of space and he just tears up the pitch and it's just so exciting to see what he's going to do with it. Um, so he's he's really developing over the, these last few weeks. And you can see, like, the confidence in the side as we're getting the wins on the board and scoring some goals, it's just naturally lifting the side as well, which is um, which is great to see. Um, and I've given the one vote to actually I'm gonna give it to Greaves over Baxter um who I was originally going to give it to Baxter for for you know for winding up the Birmingham supporters for for that great save in the first half as well um but I think you're right I mean he didn't he didn't have a whole lot to do in the game and, and I had actually thought whilst watching the game that Greaves put was putting in a fantastic display he, he was he was cleaning up everything at the back his distribution with the ball was fantastic as well um and is just you know having a real purple patch of form these last couple of weeks so um, it's great to see him settle. I think there was a few question marks on him a few weeks ago about a bit of a dip in form, um, bit of confidence lacking potentially. But but same as KLP, I think with the way that we're playing at the moment, two clean sheets in a row, um, confidence is high in the side and, and he's certainly playing very well. And and you think, like we're talking just before about the um, defensive issues that we have with all the injuries and all the rotation, and he's, he's almost the only constant in that back line, and he's just, you know, at, at that age, just being able to sort of mm. lead the side essentially from that defence has just been fantastic. I mean, even the goalkeeper behind him's changing, so he's—I think—he's probably the only player who's played um, every minute of the season, just about. Um, so, yeah, terrific display from him again. Um, okay, well, we'll move on then, and we do have our uh, little quiz for the week, our little triple flashback uh, quiz. Um, this one's. Potentially a little bit tricky because it does stretch back a little way. Um, And so I'll see how you're going with your... uh, I don't know if I'd call them obscure players, but uh, perhaps players that wouldn't Um, immediately spring to mind.
0: I think I'm Um, two out of three. I I think the third one is the one that's going to escape me, the one that you're referencing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So so the question is, um, can you name the last three Hull City goal scorers from South America?
0: So I went... Obviously... uh, Well, I'm hoping he's still in the last three. I would imagine he would be. He scored about 40 goals for us. Um, Abel Hernandez um, as one of those three. I was struggling to think of what South American players we had. (laughs) Um, But I suspect um, that the Brazilian Evandro um, is one of those scorers. He didn't score many, but he got at least a couple and I've no idea on the third, I could not I could barely even think of any other the South American players we had signed. Um so,
1: yeah, so you so you're right with Evandro who scored his his last goal was against Villa um in eighteen nineteen. I think it might have been um that game in January where we went up two nil and then you know, we all of a sudden looking like we we're gonna make the playoffs and then it all just kind of collapsed from that point on. Um Hernandez, of course, is one of them as well in the seventeen eighteen season. The third is a player who played for us in the Premier League on loan, if that helps at all, in uh, the last Steve Bruce Premier League season. I can give you the club he was on loan for, but I don't know if that will help at all. Uh, he was on loan from Southampton. Oh. Signed on deadline day alongside Ben Arfa, Diame and, uh, and Hernandez. So two South Americans signed on the same day.
0: No, I'm fully blanking. Just
1: Uh, Gaston Ramirez.
0: Oh my, Ramirez! I've completely forgotten that he was ever a player.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was looking at this because I fully expected that it was likely to be um, Giovanni. I thought it was going to stretch all the way back to Giovanni when I was I was looking this up as a little um, quiz question, and then and I'd also completely forgotten. I think he scored the one goal for us um, against Sunderland. he, he he was one of those players that season where I think we just sort of, you know, threw a bunch of darts at the at the board to see what would stick and um and he he kind of came in. He he looked good in flashes in that season and then just didn't achieve a whole lot. I don't I don't actually know where he went after that. I think he might have gone back to Southampton for a season and then just faded away. But um yeah, bit of a bit of a blast from the past. Both so both Ramirez and Hernandez as Uruguayans and then Evangel as the Brazilian. And then of course Giovanni a little bit further back as a Brazilian, but uh, not in the last three okay well we will look ahead now to that cardiff game tomorrow morning we've already sort of t- touched on what we think the lineup should be um i actually didn't realize that we haven't beaten them since 2016 we've lost three of the last four against them um i did see that city put up the little flashback to our premier league meeting with them where we beat them 4-0 which um so perhaps appropriately was against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as their manager um, in the week that he's been sacked for losing, for conceding four goals to Watford as well. Um, it was kind of funny timing with that one. But um, they ha- they've they won their last two games, same as us. They've appointed um, Steve Morrison as their new manager after Mick McCarthy left. So um, they're sort of experiencing a bit of a bounce in form as well. Um, I saw the interesting stat. They haven't scored a goal in the first half in any games this season. And, and of course, having said that, I'm sure they'll score in the first five minutes against us now. But, um, um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting season they're having. I I think I remember pre-season there was a bit of optimism that they could be an outside chance at the playoffs, and they've really sort of not achieved that in the slightest. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, two wins on the bounce for us. It's certainly a game that we'd be looking at that it's – very debatable to make it three out of three.
0: Yeah, I think um, I'd be hoping um, that within the next week um, we'd be, I'd be saying four points is an achievable target. Um, whether that is the three points tomorrow or a draw tomorrow and then three against Millwall later on. Um, no idea, but I, uh, I sort of tend to agree with you. Two, two on the trot, we seem to be playing, uh, you know, quite positively, quite confidently, or more confidently now. Anyway, um, again, a game that's really achievable that has big ramifications. Um, the only, my my concern about securing the victory is on the personnel, is is our our own issues that we're going to face with. I think if we had the full eleven or like our, our first eleven. Um, or even the 11 that started on the weekend yeah I'd have no confident no doubt in in backing us to to get the three points um, depending on what that 11 looks like, it makes me a little hesitant um, or, or a little more cautious um, in my in my in my tip in my estimation of our results. so I, I think I'm gonna just I think I, I can I can I'm, I, I'm confident in probably the point. I think a draw, I'd be pretty happy with to take that. Um, it obviously doesn't get us into that position where we, we leapfrog, log, leapfrog them on the ladder, but it keeps us, uh, you know, within touching distance um, of them. Hopefully, then, then you know, then we get Bernard back for the Millwall game. Um, we have some, hopefully, some other personnel then, you know, lots re- starting to return, and we can, um, you know, continue... You know, picking up with three points, building building on what has been a slow start, but, you know, uh, steadily improving. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think if we can at least pick up a draw and kind of keep the points ticking over and, and, and sort of keep that gap to them at just three just, points. So um, just especially...
0: Excuse me for just a minute.
1: That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if we keep the if we keep the points ticking over, and we can pick up another point against Cardiff tomorrow morning, it means that we can um, kind of keep keep that touching distance. I think Peterborough have a reasonably tough game. If I have a look at that, um, they are playing Blackburn. So I'd expect if 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 Peterborough aren't able to get the win over Blackburn, if we're able to pick up a point against Cardiff as well, um, it kind of keeps those points ticking over quite well. And, and like like you said, I think the personnel issues that we're having Bernard out for this game. Um, the the doubts around both Emmanuel and Elder in the fullback positions. Um, if we're able to come away with a point in this one, I think I'd be reasonably happy. Um, but then at the same time, you think you know the attacking form that we're showing. There's no reason that we shouldn't go out there and, and try and get a couple of goals.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think we certainly will go out and attack them. I just think we without our without our best uh, best well not even eleven but the best our best defensive uh, players there, um, we might leave ourselves a bit vulnerable uh, on the counter. Yeah. Um that's my concern. But um, look, I, 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 you know, I think it's. I'm going to be disappointed because I'm not going to get to watch. I'm going to have to go to work. I'm going to miss half of it. But um, I'm looking forward to at least the first half and um It will be nice having it us, at a
1: reasonable time. I must say, <laughs> seven a.m. To- kickoff.
0: Listening to the second half on the way to work, but um, yeah. should be um, should be a really good game. I think you know two sides, even though at the wrong end of the table, as you say, both you know in coming into in a bit of bit of form, um, both needing this result. So there's a lot riding on it, so I think it'll be a really good, really really good outing. in tomorrow morning,
1: um, and then we've just got the Millwall game this weekend. Um... One win in seven against them as well. So two sides that we haven't had a much haven't had much luck against recently. Um, they've only won two of their last five though, and they're a bit of a draw merchant from um, from all the evidence. I think they've got the most draws in the division. Um, tough game, but um, you know, look another one where I would think if we're able to get if we do, if we were to win the game against Cardiff, I'd think three wins on the trot. We're looking at um, a pretty confident side playing taking on Millwall. Um, no reason we wouldn't be able to continue it against them as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think um that Millwall will be again as I sort of alluded to before, pretty achievable uh achievable target I think um th- the way we have played the last couple of games um and then, you know, you adding we're going to get um Bernard back, um potentially some others as we've sort of alluded to with you know a lot of players that are very they're, they're very close to their returns. So Potentially, you know, some of those I- I- those issues of depth um, and and the injury list, you know, uh, disappear essentially, and we have a full squad to choose from. And uh, I think overall, now that everyone's we everyone seems to have settled into this to the championship, we're starting to figure out, you know, which of the players that are performing. Um, I think we we, we put ourselves. In a lot of good positions. And I think, you know, we've been talking about how, like, even though we haven't been getting results, like, our defense is still quite impressive overall. Yes, without getting yeah. lots of wins, but we have a quite a solid de- defense, um, ranked towards the top of the, de- or yeah. not like the top, but like, yeah, just about in the playoff places, I think. Is it? Oh, okay. So it's, well, um, well, yeah, just in, I terms guess, of like I mean, another, mm-hmm. another clean sheet. So, yeah, since we were last talking, it's probably improved a little bit again, but, um, it's quite good. I think now, and the attack is, is starting to get up to speed and we're starting to score, you know, goals on a, on a more regular basis. So I think um, I'm actually looking forward to this, to this run into, into Christmas and in, you know, potentially with this takeover happening soon. And then January, um, you know, potentially, you know, one or two uh, signings could make things very interesting coming into the second half of the season. I think we're probably still, too far away to to even like contemplate something as ridiculous as a playoff push or anything. But I think we're we're building towards something where we can actually push ourselves into a place where we should be able to secure safety um, you know, before the final day.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's it's sort of getting towards that mid-table position where we can be we can sort of uh Relax is probably the wrong word, but stop being as focused on a relegation fight and and, and dare to look up the table in, in any sense, just to mean that, as you say, we'll be able to secure safety before the final day. Um, it's pretty mad to think if we do beat Cardiff tomorrow morning in our last three camps, we'll have doubled our points total for the season. So um, it would certainly be an achievement and um, and really show a bit of a, a turn in form for the side. Um, but then, as you say, I mean, I think four points over the next two games is certainly a, a targetable return and, and really sets us up quite well um, to kick on with. Um, yeah, I think that's just about it. So thank you for for joining me for this episode, Dan. Not a problem. No uh, worries.
0: And pretty much always available. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's always good to chat. Um, and I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow morning. Nice, uh, nice, uh, comfortable kickoff time for us um, is, is a nice change from the 2 a.m. Uh, wake-ups for those games but looking forward to that one and we'll be back this time next week to discuss those two games um, but until then come on city you've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast the Tigers down under for more discussion join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. the music was created by Amber Black Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher
0: There's no turning back